Should I be registering as a sole trader or a limited company? What's the difference? You've got money, but you don't know how much of it you're allowed to spend. How on earth do you decide how much to pay yourself? Hello and welcome back to this highly requested episode. Business finances are something that I think we can all agree are not our areas of expertise. And if you're anything like I was when I first started my business, you're probably very confused about how to handle your money, your taxes, your books, etc. But lucky for you, I am here today with the incredible Rachel Martin, who is the co-director of StriveX, which is my very own accountancy firm, and the founder of Accountancy. But I'm sure that she will be able to introduce herself much better than I can. So welcome, Rachel. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for requesting <laughs> requesting <Yes>. this podcast. <laughs> like, It's so wonderful to hear that creatives, young women in this space are like desperate to learn about taxes. Yes. Um, that predominantly is the huge foundation. Um, that's where accountant she came from. I wanted to be a young female-led, pink, fluffy accountant in the very stale, pale male industry that accountancy is to just try and break down some barriers, break the stereotype, make it really approachable, fun, easy, uh, and really deal with the problems that you guys experience, which are anxiety, um, getting a really solid, confident grasp on your numbers. What should I be charging? What should I be saving for tax? So here I am. (laughs) Yes, and I remember when I first had a conversation with you and I was like, I am desperate for an accountant. I need somebody to help me. You were saying so many amazing things I hadn't even thought of. Like if you're wanting to save for a mortgage in the next couple of years, we need to make your profits look really good and all this stuff that I had just never considered before. (laughs) Um, So that is exactly the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about today. Um, Now I do just want to mention a little disclaimer that the things that we will be discussing in today's episode will be based around the UK and how we handle taxes because I think it is very different to like America and wherever else you're listening to in the world but I'm sure there will still be many snippets of advice if you are listening from outside of the UK. So Rachel you are a serious expert when it comes to finances. (laughs) And I know how daunting it can be as a new business owner to find your feet. Um, how do you think you know when it's time to start being mindful of your money? I know personally, I sort of really quickly transitioned from being in a place where I was doing a couple of logos as a side hustle to running a full-time business. And finding that pinpoint of, oh, I need to start recording my sales was really difficult. Yeah, I think the first thing to say here, and I say this so often, you need to start doing it when it feels like you need to is the first thing. I mm-hmm. think so often because a lot of people don't gravitate towards finances naturally, sometimes it can feel like they just stay away from it entirely. And so often people feel alienated by finance. So they don't make decisions intuitively around finance and so whenever I'm speaking to somebody if they say like when do I actually need an accountant I say when you want one and I think it's so easy to not let other decision making skills drop just because you feel uh, sort of maybe a little bit out of Mm -hmm. your depth so always always make decisions that you feel really comfortable with make decisions that feel right to you find somebody that you align with that you feel comfortable with that you have a nice time with like we all became business owners to do our own thing work for ourselves, and have a good time so it's really important to find people that you have a good time with and that Mm -hmm. you feel really comfortable you don't feel silly asking silly questions um And I think it's so common, so common that people start businesses as passion projects or side hustles, or I'm just going to create an Instagram account and see what people think. It's so, so common for people to do that. And so 
it is messy at the beginning and you need somebody that's going to embrace the mess hold you for a little bit and help you tidy up moving forwards and to have an accountant that says the first year is always messy because the first year of business is messy and we'll help you tidy up we'll educate you guide you make you feel really confident so you're going into year two as a badass business owner yeah so do do you think it's important to hire an accountant and you know obviously you said whenever you feel comfortable with I think for me um so I've literally only just started working with Rachel and her team (laughs) And I've been in business for almost two years now. And I got to a point where I was like, look, I'm writing down all of my expenses in like an Excel spreadsheet. And I just, I do not know how to do a tax return form. And to be honest, I'm so scared I'm going to do it wrong. So I need somebody (laughs) to help me. (laughs) So do you think it is an important thing? 100%. And I think um, what's most important is your priorities as a business owner. So for some people, their number one priority is cost efficiency. Like just keep Mm -hmm. costs as low as possible. (laughs) And like that is absolutely fine. So for a lot of people, they would rather uh, not pay an accountant, just do it themselves, wing it a little bit but learn along the way. Yeah. For other people, outsourcing so they can concentrate on what they are creative doing and what they love doing is also really important. And yeah. then there's another group of people who actually just get really anxious. Like I constantly say that sometimes doing your own taxes is like walking through airport security. Like <laughs> you know that you've not done intentionally anything wrong, but you're still walking through like, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. <laughs> like... So for some people, it's just the anxiety and to have Mm -hmm. somebody to really guide you and push you. And that's, we work with so many people who are brand new business owners. So we do quite a bit of handholding. So with your Mm -hmm. first set of accounts, not only will we prepare them based on the information provided by you, but we'll also push you. We'll ask you questions like, you're self-employed now. Have you thought about engaging with um, a, a personal pension? Because you don't have a pension anymore. Are you looking to get a mortgage in the next three years? Because that's really important to think about now. You work from home. Have you thought about putting through a use of home allowance? Have you travelled on behalf of the business? We can reimburse you for that. You run your business from your phone. How much is your phone bill? How what In a percentage, how much of your phone usage is for the business? We can reimburse you for that. And I think that's what so many people love is just feeling like somebody's got you and they're going to push you to make it as tax efficient as possible. They're going to push you so you never miss a deadline and they, you just really, really feel that comfort. Um, But I will come back to, it's really important to make sure that you're making these decisions based on what's important to you. Um, And that at the beginning, lots of people don't have accountants and that's absolutely fine. I just feel like so, and I'm sure so many people will be in the same boat as me. I just had absolutely no clue about finances. And I was quite lucky that I had a couple of people around me that were in finance that sort of knew what they were doing, but they didn't quite know accounting, if that makes sense. So for the people who aren't necessarily so sure about what an accountant can help them with, what are your kind of main roles when you're working with a small business or a business in general? Like what are some of the things that you can help them with? Yeah, of course. So the number one thing that most people engage with an accountant for is the statutory stuff, the boring bits, uh, but making sure that they don't miss deadlines. So for most people, that is preparing a set of accounts and that's nothing terrifying. It's just us pulling together the financial records of your business for the last 12 months and trying to calculate how much profit or loss you made. 
The next thing following that is a tax return. And that is where we take the profit that you made on that set of accounts and we tax it correctly. And um, for a lot of our clients involved in that taxing process is calculating PAYE, national insurance, any student loans, which again is very important to people and making it really, really easy for you guys to just make one payment uh, and get it all divided up so that everything is all in the right pots. So a huge, huge piece of work for most people with an accountant is the statutory deadlines and making Mm -hmm. sure that you're really comfortable in what they are, what they mean, what your role is in that and what our role is in that. And then wider than that, um, some people want to outsource everything. (laughs) They don't want to touch anything to do with the finances Mm -hmm. in their business. So for some people, we literally do like weekly, monthly bookkeeping all the way through to sort of VAT returns management accounts, which are actually internal accounts. So management accounts are something that people can choose to have, which is your accountant basically providing you with monthly or quarterly reports, showing you uh, analysis and breakdown and data based on how your business is running. But a huge part of it is deadline led. And Mm -hmm. for us, we really try and encourage a lot of contact throughout the year. So any questions that you've got, we're on, on hand. I think a lot of people within the accountancy industry sort of charge by the hour or charge for their time. And we really, really like, it makes us better accountants. It means that you're really happy if you have somebody that you can pick up the phone to, ping an email to, and know that you're going to get a response really, really quickly, answer your question and move on because you don't want to get stuck in that mindset of like being confused or lost or... And like you say, when you do have people that know bits about finance or you've got other small business owner friends, people will say stuff to you like, oh, have you not thought about being VAT registered? And you're there like, what? So just having somebody <laughs> that you can like send a voice note to being yeah. like, oh my God, someone's just said this to me and I don't know what to do. And just having someone reply saying like, <laughs> calm down, it's okay. <laughs> or like I've had the dreaded brown envelope come through yes. my door and I have no idea what this letter means. Like what on earth am I having to register for now? I remember so specifically, and again, this is one of the points for me where I was like, I need somebody else to help me with this because I'm gonna mess up somewhere I had a fine from HMRC basically because I hadn't filed my tax return form for like I think it was 2019 2020 and at that point so my business is registered from September 19 and I was like but I didn't have to do a tax return form I didn't make any money and obviously I had no idea that you're still supposed to do one um (laughs) and I just had this big fine and I was like oh my god I don't know what to do I was really stressed about it um And then I ended up bringing them up and kind of getting it revoked or whatever. But then when I spoke to you, I was like, you know what? This is just something I need to have in place. I just feel so out of my depth. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so scared that I'm going to do something and mess up. And it's just having that security and just knowing that somebody's just handling it for you because there is nothing more stressful in your business than trying to do everything as a one man band. 100% and like we have so many clients that will literally just send us pictures of letters they've got from HMRC being like bin or keep and you're like keep or bin (laughs) (laughs) so what are some easy ways that you recommend new business owners keep track of their business finances because as I was mentioning earlier until literally this month I kept track of everything on an excel spreadsheet but it was so time consuming and I wasn't entirely sure if I was doing it properly I was just kind of going on snippets of advice from other people Um, so what are some kind of easy ways that you recommend 100% so um, my number 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 one top tip is uh, to set up a separate bank account It doesn't matter where you are in the process of your business, having a separate bank account to use for people to pay you money, for you to pay out of that account. What you're doing, instead of having to manually record all of that onto a spreadsheet, is throughout the year, as people are paying you, as you're spending money, the bank account is automatically recording the date 
the amount the description the person you already collecting yes. data passively without having to do anything extra and it's not mixed in with all of your amazon purchases and absolutely your out and everything yes i from for the longest time opening up a business bank account was at the lowest of my to-do list for me i was just like it's not a priority right now i'll do it later i'll do it later and then it got to a point where i was like i don't know if that's a business expense or if that's just something i've bought on amazon like yep. it was getting so confusing for me and when i tell you when i opened my business bank account things became so much easier to manage my money I was being able to pay myself properly which again is something we're going to get on to um, towards the end um but are there any particular business bank accounts that you necessarily recommend or that you really like to use mm. yeah absolutely so the we've really really seen through the pandemic the online digital banks absolutely mm-hmm. sprint to the front of everybody's sort of uh, mindset so uh, monzo and starling are the yes. two front runners at the moment starling is a female led bank so i am slightly biased oh, I, I didn't do know really that. like starling yes yeah, so anne bowden founded starling and she was actually the first woman to found uh, a uk bank she was the first woman wow, to I ever get that. a uk banking license yes so um i'm slightly biased uh, from starling but starling and monzo um are both fantastic you can set up um a bank account online uh business or personal so you know if you're operating as a sole trader and you haven't actually incorporated a business you don't need mm-hmm. a business bank account you can just set up another current account in your personal name so just set up another bank account um, through those uh, banks and apps. You can literally take pictures of your receipts. You can categorize things. You yes. can set up different pots for tax saving, which I feel like we're definitely going to come on to. Yes. Um, so it's really, really great way of keeping things organized, separating your personal life from your business life so that, you know, you're making mindful money movements. So when you are moving money from the business to you personally, you know that once you've moved it, that's disposable income. You've accounted for the tax. You can spend it when it's in your personal account, but when it's in the business account, it keeps things separate. Again, you don't want to be doing your tax return with a download of your personal bank statement going through deleting Mm. dominoes at Netflix. It's just a walk of shame that we don't need to be doing. It's not worth the time that it takes, (laughs) is it? No, 100%. I know that I personally use Monzo and I think in the last episode this was something that me and the girls all spoke about we all went through and said our business bank account (laughs) Um, but obviously Rachel is so much more of an expert in these things do you think there are any downsides to using one of these new digital bank accounts versus using a traditional I don't know NatWest Barclays what's the difference yeah I don't see any downsides the downsides or like hesitations that sometimes clients bring to us when they're making that decision is what if I need to speak to somebody And my response to that is that actually the online services that these banks are providing are actually way faster and more helpful uh, than high street banks. The second thing is a lot of people, especially within the creative sector, sometimes do uh, art shows or like craft stalls and sometimes they take cash. And other people's concern is how can I deposit cash if I have an online bank? Uh, And again, Monzo and Starling actually have integrated their banking services into the post office. So you can deposit cash Ah, and checks. Do you know what? I did not know this because I had a check recently and I tried to pay it into my personal bank account. They were like, no, it's got your business name on it. We can't accept this. And I was like, oh my God. So I had a nightmare with that. But now I know that. That is really handy. (laughs) So also for checks less less than, I think it's £100 in some banks and £250 in another, you can actually now deposit checks 
through the app by taking oh, a wow. picture of the check, which is crazy. <laughs> you literally just have to keep the check until it's cleared and then you can throw it away. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, so anything less than, I think with some banks it's 100, some banks it's 250. Um, and then you can also deposit cash into post offices for your bank. You just need to take your debit mm-hmm. card, the cash and hand it all over. So the two sort of like concerns that we get from people when they're having these conversations are how do I speak to somebody when I need to and how can I deposit cash and actually they both have great solutions to those so um for me like the analysis the categorization like even that little pie chart that you get of where your money's gone (laughs) throughout the month Mm -hmm. like it's just so useful again if you are wanting to sort of prepare your accounts or do a tax return just from your bank statement when you download your bank transactions into excel the the categorized transactions stay there so you don't lose any of that data so when you export that into a spreadsheet you know which things you've you've said are income you know what's expenses you know what's marketing you know what's what's this and that so um it really is amazing i am not sponsored by uh, starling and monzo (laughs) but they really are they're just great i i love them as well i mean i don't think i could be using any other bank account i absolutely love monzo for the tax parts again this is something we're going to get into at the end (laughs) i I have a whole section on like questions that people have asked us um so we'll get onto that a bit later but i just love monzo so much So I think it's really important that we chat about registering your business because this is something that really confused me and honestly as a business owner people ask me this on the daily and I can't really give them a solid (laughs) answer because I don't really know myself. Um, Should I be registering as a sole trader or a limited company? What's the difference? Do I need to register on company's house? Do I need to trademark my business name? So let's start with the sole trader and limited company debate um, because um, from my personal perspective I was a sole trader until I started working with my accountants. Rachel and her team who um, (laughs) have suggested to me that it's going to be best that I become a limited company so now Wildflower Design Co um, which is also trademarked and registered on Companies House is a limited company and I am the director of Wildflower Design Co which just sounds insane to me but it's so cool isn't it (laughs) I know so yeah let's talk about the difference Um, what should people be starting off as and yeah let's just go for it 100% okay so um, within the UK, there's basically two main ways that you can run a business, be a business owner and be self-employed. The first option is a sole trader and the second is a limited company. And most people find it the most useful if I just run through the top three reasons that people yes. become a limited company rather than staying as a sole trader. So as a sole trader, you're basically operating as yourself an individual. Uh, you're not a separate legal entity. You're not a big company. You are just having a trade that sits with you personally. It's taxed in a very similar way as normal personal income. The only difference is that you're doing it annually rather than monthly. So when people pay you, it's not taxed. It's your responsibility to tax it yourself. But in mm-hmm. essence, everything that goes through payroll, so PAYE, national insurance, things like that, All of those same things are applied in the same way if you're self-employed. You're taxed on the profit, not your turnover. That's important to mention. So profit is your income, less your expenses, and you're taxed on the profit. So that's sort of what being a sole trader is. It's you as an individual trading as yourself. Moving over to a limited company, the top three reasons we see people do that, firstly, is tax efficiency. (laughs) So uh, ding, ding, ding. it, it, it can be really tax efficient for you to be a limited company yes. if certain things apply to you. So for most people, uh, 
asterisk terms and conditions apply um for most people when you're hitting profit so income less expenses in a tax year of between 35 and 40 thousand pounds it's generally going to be tax efficient to be a limited company rather than remaining as a sole trader Mm -hmm. and again that's not witchcraft we're not doing any dodgy dealings it's literally just because as a limited company we have more than one way that we can transfer money from the company to you as an individual yes so the first reason people incorporate limited companies is for tax efficiency. Yeah. Um, the second reason people incorporate limited companies is in the name. The word limited in limited company means limited liability. So mm. when we separate you personally as a sole trader to you, the business, as a limited company, we're creating a legal separation between you and the business. That is very, very attractive for lots of people for lots Mm -hmm. of different reasons. So if you are a business that needs uh, public liability insurance or professional indemnity insurance or employer's liability insurance, big insurance policies in the company name, people maybe don't want a big insurance policy associated with themselves personally any liabilities that the business has so for lots of people um, especially product-based businesses their biggest liability generally will be to hmrc it will be your tax bill but it does mean that any liabilities that sit within the company are legally separate to your personal assets and liabilities and you cannot be pursued for them personally so like if for example a client came to you not that it's very likely to happen but let's just go with the scenario if a client came to you and they were trying to sue you um because they weren't happy with the work that they gave you they couldn't come and possess your car or your Absolutely. house yeah. because it's all within the business so you are separate and that was again another thing that made me want to change as well yeah and that's the thing like it doesn't have to be because you've got big scary assets and liabilities for a lot of people it's just peace of mind that Mm. that like that's really really important to them it could be that you know they're at a point in their life where you you are gaining personal assets for the first time and you don't want to be in a position where they're ever at risk um so that is very very attractive to lots of people for lots of different Mm -hmm. reasons um and then the third reason that we see people incorporate limited companies is sort of the status of being a limited company Mm. so a lot of the um, creatives that we work with maybe um, can't get wholesale accounts if they're not a limited company. They can't open lines of credit if they're not a limited company. Um, we've we've also found some people being able to pitch to bigger clients for bigger jobs and bigger work because they're a limited company and other mm. companies see them as uh, like a step along in their business journey rather than just being a sole trader. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the top three reasons that we see people incorporate limited companies are tax efficiency, the limited liability, and the status of being a limited company. I think one thing that's important to mention as well, and this was one of my sole like reservations, and one of the reasons I was like, oh, do I want to do it? Is that you still have to pay corporation tax and personal tax as well. And this was the one thing that kind of was a bit like, oh, do I want to do that? Because on top of paying the tax for your business, you then have to pay personal tax on your wages from the business as well. So can we talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, of course. So this like actually blows people's mind. <laughs> and and that is why it's important to say that being a limited company can be tax efficient at a certain profit level. And that's why that sort of disclaimer's in there. At that profit level, mm-hmm. it's tax efficient because you're able to you know offset you 
whilst the, you are having to pay corporation tax, actually the tax savings in terms of being able to transfer money from the limited company to yourself actually far, far outweighs it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of really, really cool tax calculators. We, as accountants, we have our own app and you can actually put in how much profit you're expecting to make in the year and it will line by line show you this is how you would be taxed as a sole trader. Mm-hmm. And this is how you would be taxed as a limited company, um, which really sort of like helps people sort of calm down a little bit and like yeah. really understand, okay, so even though I am paying two different types of tax, overall I am paying less tax. Yes. Um, and it's our job to sort of like really help you navigate that and help you understand it. So mm-hmm. we created something, um, a resource. It's actually a YouTube video that we're able to yeah. send to clients with their first set of accounts, explaining their accounts, because we found that, we work with so many people who have never done it before or mm-hmm. they have done it before with an accountant that they feel sort of a bit alienated by. Um, we're asking you as a business owner to sign your, sign off your accounts and approve them, but we're not actually educating you or holding your hand and talking you through like, this is what the different numbers mean. Yeah. Page by page, this is what we're asking you to check. So we're really sort of working on how we can create resources to educate mm-hmm. people as and when they want to because lots of people once they've done it for the first time feel super super confident yeah. they know what's going on uh, and they just wouldn't watch the youtube video again but actually if it's your first time you can have the youtube video i created a set of accounts basically called testy mctesterson and so you, you can have like <laughs> that set of accounts on one screen your set of accounts on the other and page by page i talk yeah. you through exactly what every single number means and for us like that's been a game changer it just it really makes people feel Feel, um like they've got the help there if they need it but if they're happy they can just move on so yeah I remember so when I signed on to you guys you were like right you need to pick between zero and QuickBooks and I was like oh my god I've never used any of these before I ended up going with zero because I found it just it was a little bit simpler to use and then I had a full-on um like video consult with um <laughs> talking me through how to use the particular software I mean it still kind of went over my head a little bit but I'm getting to grips with it <laughs> um so let's talk about Companies House. What is Companies House? Do I need to register? How does that work? Okay, cool. So it is important to say that actually some of the sort of prospect calls that I have, I do get people on the call that's like, I think I've accidentally incorporated a company. So <laughs> it's a really good question that I'm really happy to hear you asking. Mm-hmm. Um, so Companies House is the open record for all listed public companies in the UK. So the sole trader versus limited company conversation, if you've decided that being a limited company is right for you, then you would go to Companies House to incorporate your company. Yeah. So you can use it as a resource to, if you have a business idea or a business name, you can check to see if there's other businesses registered with that name. If you're trying to change your business name or start a business, always check on Companies House first, if you're in the UK, of course. So if it's on Companies House, that means there is a public listed company with that name already. it could be that you want to look at some of your competitors. Um, juicy, juicy stuff. <laughs> so uh, Companies House is a public record. So on the public record, you can see people's company name, their company number. You can see the names of the directors of the company. You can see their registered office and you can see restricted sets of accounts. Mm-hmm. So every public limited company in the UK has to file accounts with Companies House every year. 
um, they are very, very restricted. So you'll only generally see limited transactions in there. So you can't see like how much someone paid themselves or how much they're spending on marketing, um, but they, you can still see information. So you could use it to gain some insight into what your competitors are doing, how they're doing it, how many employees they have. Um, so you can use it to check on your competitors, you can use it to check companies' names, and you can use it to keep up to date with yourself, your own business. So mm-hmm. you can search your own business at any time, it'll tell you what your deadlines are, what your year end is, what your next deadline is, and how to meet it. So it really is the open record for all limited companies in the UK. So you don't have to register on there if you're a sole trader? No. So with a sole trader, all you need to do is register as self-employed, which is super, super quick and easy. And all you're doing is telling HMRC, hi, my name is Rachel and people are paying me money. And at the point they pay me money, it's not taxed. And so I need to start doing a Mm self-assessment tax return to tax the money that people are giving to me. If you go on Companies House now and search Wildflower Design Co. Limited, it will come up. You'll be able to see me. Although one thing I will say is I decided to put my own address on there and the amount of letters I have through my front door that's like, we're an accountancy firm. Yes. Or here's your business startup pack. And I'm like, I'm really not interested, but thank you. (laughs) It's quite funny. Um, So let's talk about trademarking. Um, Should I trademark my business name? This is less about accounts, more just about general business. But um, I know my business name is trademarked. Um, I did this before. I had an accountant it was one of the first things I did for me I thought it was a really worthwhile investment because um especially with my business name wildflower is quite a common word that's used in business names so I was like do you know what I'm just going to protect myself um and also it just makes you look that little bit more professional doesn't it you have a little R next to your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so trademarking is something that we, again, like as accountants, we get so many questions. So many of them aren't actually accountancy related. They just know, people just know that we work with so many small businesses and growing businesses that we're actually quite a good place to start if you don't know who to ask. Mm-hmm. So we actually do work with um, an intellectual property specialist who is helping us register trademarks for both of our brands, Accountant She oh, and Strivex. Um, it's worth saying, like, I, I'm obviously not an expert on intellectual property, but um, I feel like between the two of us, we've probably yeah. got some quite good experiences mm-hmm. between us. So it's worth saying as well that actually having a limited company in the name that you would like to trademark can really, really help your application and it can help you to protect the yes. name. So if, for example, Katie has the limited company, the Instagram handle and the website, it's her application mm-hmm. for that trademark isn't going to be stopped by anybody. Nobody's going to yeah. say, hey, no, like I, that's my website. That's my name. Yeah, mine went mine went through pretty easily, I think. I think they did email me and say, oh, there's one business name. It was like Wildflower Celebrations or something like yeah. that. I was like, it's nothing. It's nothing like my business name. Like they just said, oh, just a bit of a warning that we have to let them know. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't yeah. think there's going to be any resistance there. But apart from that, it was pretty su- smooth sailing. So it's really good to know that like, these are things that you can do to sort of like protect your brand. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking that one day you might like to have a trademark, but it's not something that you're pursuing now, actually making sure that you do own as much intellectual property surrounding that name as possible, like the limited company, like the website, like the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube handles, just to protect that and to make sure nobody else is trading as the same name. That's really important. And then when it comes to uh, registering trademarks, you can register trademarks against names, against logos, against designs. So lots mm-hmm. of people choose to register the name the name and the logo so that people couldn't yes. call it... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of something that's <laughs> very, very like your name, but like with the same logo. So we had it once yeah. where 
we have a lady that sells brownies on Instagram and somebody had a completely different name, but the logo was literally exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was able to successfully pursue a claim to ask that person to stop trading because she had a trademark. So registering the trademark for the name and for your logo and designs Mm. really protects you to make sure that like somebody couldn't set up accountant he like accountant she with the same logo it would still protect me against anything that came up exactly and this is actually a really important thing to understand as brand designers as well because we need to be able to share this information with our clients too um because a lot of the time you know your clients might come to you and be like can you trademark my logo or can we trademark the logo and i think it's a really important thing to just kind of bear in mind i personally don't it's probably not a great idea that i'm saying this but my logo isn't actually trademarked purely because i change my mind every five minutes and change my Mm. logo every month (laughs) um but my name is trademarked for sure So because finances are a topic that aren't really spoken about much, I really wanted to make sure that we can answer as many of as many of your concerns from our audience <laughs> as possible. So I asked you all what kind of questions you had about finances and we're going to spend the next section of this episode hopefully answering them with the expertise of Rachel. And I think a really, really great place to start is something that we touched on earlier, which is taxes. Should I be saving to tax for taxes? How much should I be saving? How should I be saving? <laughs> so yeah. many questions. I know. Okay. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about. I honestly think understanding and feeling confident around taxes and tax planning Mm -hmm. can change the way you see your business, the way you see cash. I think being a business owner financially is hard and like it is very, very difficult. And like, I am an accountant telling you that it's hard. (laughs) Like it is really difficult and it's not difficult in the way that people think it is a lot of the time. Like you are worried, you know, about money and clients and things like that. But actually, the biggest concern is more for a lot of people, it's like confusion. You've got money, but you don't know how much of it you're allowed to spend. You don't know Mm -hmm. how much of it is yours personally and what belongs to the business. So like, it's really important to talk about the fact that like most people's biggest money worry as a business owner is knowing what they're actually allowed to do, allowed to spend and allowed to Mm -hmm. withdraw. And tax planning can change your life when it comes to that. So um, the actual amounts obviously vary uh, in terms of percentages, depending on if you are a sole trader or a limited company. Um, But basically what you can do to really help yourself, and this doesn't matter if you are just using a bank account to record your income and expenses, or if you're using accounting software. Accounting software does make it a little bit easier because you can just run a profit and loss report and it'll tell you how much your profit was. But All you need to be doing each month is sitting down and working out what your profit was for that month or for the year to date and working out, I know I'm going to be taxed as an individual on 20% of all of my personal income. So I just need to work out how much 20% of my year to date profit is and make sure I've got a tax pot Mm -hmm. set up with 20% of that sat there. As well, for a lot of people, um, the tax that you're recording is, is just income and expenditure that's going through your bank. And it's our job as your accountants at the year end to say, put through a use of home allowance, recharge your personal mobile phone. How much mileage have you done? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? So Mm -hmm. if throughout the year you're putting away 20% of the recorded profit that you've got into a tax pot and at the year end we come down and actually put through loads of adjustments and make it really, really tax efficient, Mm -hmm. you're going to have way more than you need in your tax pot. 
So once you've looked at your profit for the month and you've got a little starling or monzo pot called Mm. corporation tax or personal tax and you've transferred what you need into the tax pot, you know that whatever is left in that account, you can safely withdraw personally. Yeah. So corporation tax and personal tax are very different things. So corporation tax is a company tax on your company profit. So you need to make sure you're accounting for that. And then Mm. if you're transferring money from your business personally, you also need to make sure that you're accounting for 20% of Mm -hmm. that for then pay your personal tax bill as well. If you are a limited company, you don't have to do this if you're a sole trader. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love using Monzo. Every single payment that I have come through from a client or sales from my online shop, 20% of it automatically gets put put away. And I think this is something that can sometimes put people off being self-employed as well, like the Mm. tax element of it. Because obviously, if you're in a regular employed job, um, yeah, you I don't know, you're working for a coffee shop, you'll get your um, pay slip through and tax will already be deducted. So you know, you know what I've got is yeah. what I can spend and that's what people really struggle with being self-employed and I know I know what Katie's gonna say with banks like Monzo and Starling you can set up automatic rules yes. you can set up a rule just like on a payslip like bef- when it comes into your bank the tax has already been taken off you can set up rules with Monzo mm-hmm. and Starling to say anybody that pays me I want you to calculate 20% of it and I want you to put 20% into a tax pot yes and if you're putting away 20% of your income you're gonna have way more than you need for tax because you're only taxed on the profit which is your income less your expenses yes exactly i just find it to be so much easier and i mean i do not mind being completely open and transparent with my finances because again it's something that people don't talk about and i really could not care less about people knowing my financial situation (laughs) in my tax pot currently um and what so it's april to august so far we've been in the tax year i've got about eight thousand pounds in my tax pot purely to just go towards tax and it's almost like if at the end of the year, I hadn't been saving for tax and they were like, here's a bill for like £14,000. You'd be like, oh my God, where am I going to get that money from? If 100%. you're already saving for it, it's not a big of a deal. So what actually counts as business expenses? Because obviously we're talking about profit and expenses. What are business expenses? That's a really good question that you can imagine I get asked quite a Mm -hmm. lot. So um, allowable expenses for business owners, the best way and the most simple way to put it is if something, if you're spending money on something which is wholly and exclusively for the purpose of the business, it is an allowable expense. Mm -hmm. So again, if you've got a separate bank account and you are travelling to see a customer and you're at the ticket machine and you don't know where, which card you should spend it on, just ask, like, should I spend it on my personal one or should I spend it on the business one? Just ask yourself, would I be making this journey if I wasn't self-employed? And mm-hmm. the answer is no. You wouldn't be travelling on a train in yes. your own time, in your own money, to see a client if you weren't self-employed. I mean, even the trip that I did with the girls the other week, we were putting all of that on our business cards. If Because let's be honest, if we ha- didn't have our businesses, we wouldn't have met, we wouldn't have been going on that trip. During that trip, we recorded a podcast episode, we were doing social media content, so we were doing work activities. We would go out for a meal, we would put it on our business cards. We wouldn't milk it, obviously, but we that's exactly what we did because that wouldn't have been happening had it not have been for our businesses. 
yeah, so the question that you need to ask yourself is, would I be doing this? Would I be spending this money or doing this trip or encountering this expense if I wasn't self-employed? And if the answer is no, then you mm-hmm. can spend it on the business. And, and again, one of, the, one of the best things about having an accountant is sort of that check and balance and that conscience check of us at the year end being like, Katie, what was this? Yeah. <laughs> and like, if you, it, like, and, and, it, and if you said that and we were like, oh, I think you might be pushing it a little bit, like exactly. what would you like us to do? It's really lovely to just have somebody to like keep you accountable. Yes. Uh, keep pushing you forward educating you as you go along so that you know Mm -hmm. where the line is because so many people don't know what they don't know and actually you know if with every encounter with your accountant you're learning something new Mm -hmm. and some of it will go over your head but you can just sit and nod or like ask more questions if with every encounter you're learning more you're just going to get better and better and better I mean from the perspective of a designer business owner some of the kind of obvious things that you might want to put on your expenses are courses that you take Um, design books um, if you're outsourcing work from a copywriter a web developer all of those things count as business expenses and then you can kind of dig into it a little bit more like as we were mentioning earlier a percentage of your phone bill if you're using your phone for calls Instagram any kind of subscriptions you have like I have my Zoom subscription my Adobe subscription everything comes out of my expenses even if you're working from home I think a portion of your internet bill a portion of your electricity bill can go on your expenses because you are using that for your business and obviously the more expenses you have the less tax you have to pay because it's all deductible so this is one of the most commonly asked questions and i think this is probably a good one to start thinking about finishing that this up on which is how on earth do you decide how much to pay yourself what percentage of your money in your business bank account should you be taking out? Oh, it's such a good question. <laughs> um, again, we do need to split this just into being a limited company, mm-hmm. being a sole trader, just because the way that you pay yourself and the amount that you pay yourself is slightly different. But as a sole trader, you pay tax on your profit and you will pay tax on your profit and then everything else that's left is yours. That's all yeah. personal revenue. Again, just like if you were in employment, once you paid the tax, the rest is yours. So again, tax planning can help you throughout the year really understand, right, I've put a, I've put aside 20%. I know everything that's left is mine available to spend. So as a sole trader, it is relatively simple. Once you've accounted for the tax and you've, you've earmarked some money for tax, you know that whatever's left is really mm-hmm. there to spend. And again, this is one of my favourite bits about banks like Monzo and Starling is once you've moved money from your sort of current account, your main pot into a tax pot, that money isn't available to spend. So if you went to, uh, if you were like shopping in in Next and you went to spend money and there was money in a tax pot, but not in your current account and you didn't have enough Mm -hmm. money, it wouldn't suddenly pull money from other pots to pay it. It really is segregated money, Mm -hmm. which makes it so easy from a mindset perspective not to touch it and from a practical perspective not to touch that money. Because I know for a fact, if I had another eight grand sitting in my bank account, the likelihood that I would be to just take that out and put it in my personal bank account would be so high I would just do it and you this is why again having that tax pot and saving for tax is just so important 100% um, yeah, so, so it's really important to say that with Monzo and Starling, once you've moved the money, it really does segregate it, which I love from mm. a, a mindset perspective. So that's things as a sole yes, trader. Uh, and when, and I, when I, I was a sole trader, I that's exactly what I was doing. I would 
put away my tax and then I would look at what was left in my bank. I would um, pay my assistant and then I would take everything left minus a couple of hundred to leave in the bank for like subscriptions and things. And then I would just take that and put it in my own personal bank account. But I'm actually still in the process of learning how to pay myself as a limited company because I think (laughs) this is going to be the first month that I'm doing that. So I'm again, I'm still learning this process as well. So I'm intrigued to see what you have to say. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So then as a limited company, there's a couple of different things. So when I mentioned earlier that tax efficiency Mm. is a really big piece with being uh, the director of a limited company, what we mean by that and what we do for a lot of people is we actually put the director of the limited company onto payroll. And what that does is it utilizes the director's personal allowance. So we utilize the tax-free allowance of the director and we basically play limbo with the amount of money that we're paying the director. So it is low enough that that the director and the company don't pay any tax on what we are Mm -hmm. withdrawing, but it's high enough to make sure that the director gets their national insurance stamp for the year and can retire when they want to. Mm -hmm. So the specific amount changes each year, but it's generally about eight and a half thousand pounds a year or 700 and something a month. So the first thing that we do each month for the director of a limited company is process payroll. We actually really encourage lots of people to do payroll themselves mm-hmm. and we can train them on how to do it themselves as the director. It's very Which I think is precisely what I'm doing at the minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's really easy to do yourself. The amount that you're paying yourself each month doesn't change. So once we've worked with you to get it set up, it's just a couple of clicks and it's done. So either we do it for the company director or the company director does it themselves, but you process payroll. So that's automatically withdrawing about £700 a month from the business to yourself personally. And if you are a limited company as well, you kind of should be hitting that money every month anyway. Because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, what if I don't make that much? If you don't make that much, you probably shouldn't be a limited company, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, and then anything over and above that payroll amount, so £8,500 a year, we can then withdraw as dividends. So dividends uh, is a word that lots of people have heard of, but maybe you don't know what mm-hmm. it means or are a bit scared of it. So the word dividends is basically just the formal way that we withdraw profit from a limited company to the director of the limited company. And the only thing really that you need to be really careful of as the director of a limited company is when you're looking to withdraw dividends, and again, that just means transferring money from the company to yourself personally, but that's what we call it, withdrawing dividends. When you're looking to do that, it's really important that you know that you're only allowed to withdraw dividends when the company has the profit available to do so. So you have to work out the profit within the company, deduct and save some money for tax, and then whatever's left, you can withdraw as dividends Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And again, that's something that we work very closely with new business owners to really make sure we can literally talk you through, right, run this report on zero, (laughs) deduct 20%, and that's what's left, and you can take it as a dividend. If you're not sure, do ask your accountant. It is something that they can guide you through and make sure that you're getting to the point where you're really happy and confident. And again, I think it's so so many people doubt themselves, but like, you know how your business mm-hmm. is doing. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. even if you're scared of money, you have a good handle on the money. Yeah. Like, we know how our business is doing. Um, it's just our job to really give you the tools and the confidence to make those yeah. decisions as you go throughout the year. Know what money is in what place and what's available to spend. Because sometimes you know you're making really good money but you don't know how much you're actually allowed to spend on yourself. So it's our job to just really help you get there. Yeah, I genuinely think from the perspective of a design business owner, I just take whatever is left in the bank account as I said, minus a couple hundred, because last month I think I took basic, I basically emptied the bank account and then I was like, later is trying to take a payment, (laughs) Zoom is trying to take a payment. And I was like, oh no. Um, 
so I, I basically do that and I think nothing massively changes when you change from a sole trader to a limited company in the sense that you're still probably going to be getting the same amount of money. You're not going to be getting paid less yourself because you changed to a limited company. It's just the fact that you're taking a certain portion of it as like your wages and a certain portion as dividends, which obviously is taxed so much less, which is why it's so tax efficient. And I just love that. I genuinely think I learned about what dividends were from an episode of The Office, like the US one, because I was trying to remember they, (laughs) they had like some money left over in the budget and they were like, right, we're going to need to have to like give this money back and they're not going to give us it next year if we don't spend it on something and um so yeah that's basically how I learned about that (laughs) which is probably not the most accurate way but um but yeah so that's pretty much how I go about paying myself I don't think there's any kind of set formula and I think again if you are very confused about it just contact an accountant even if you you feel like you just need an advice session you know it might be a good like if you're not ready to invest in an accountant fully it might just be worth having a chat with one and I think again which is why Rachel is so amazing because she you have your YouTube channel right where you do loads of videos on this kind of content Um, and I think we'll use this last segment of the podcast to talk a little bit about if you are wanting to work with Rachel and her company and if you have listened to this episode and you think wow I need an accountant how can people work with you? Yeah, of course. So the YouTube channel is um, a really great place. So um, as as Katie said, if, if you're not sure, if you want an accountant, if you just want to learn some more and just sort of have somebody explaining it quite simply uh, in plain English. Mm-hmm. And because some of the stuff's like scary to Google. Yeah. Like if you Google what's the difference between a sole trader and a limited company, you might cry. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just want a safe place on the internet that's talking about what it's like to be a business owner, what the difference is between a sole trader and a limited company, all the way through to how to transition from a sole trader to a limited company, uh, I'd love to see you over on my Instagram channel, which is accountant she. So it's accountant underscore she. Uh, wider than that, if you absorb all of that content, uh, you, you look at my reels on Instagram and think I am hilarious and you'd like to work <laughs> with me, uh, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. So um, yeah, a lot of our work is really making sure that you are happy and comfortable and confident as a business owner with your deadlines, with what our role is in that and, and having us to lean on and, and support. I think one of my favorite things about this job is the community Mm. and the connections that we're able to provide. So with every single client that I speak to, we, so this time last year, we were a one man band with 50 clients and we've literally just hit 350 clients and there's about to be, (laughs) it's crazy. And like, there's about to be eight of us. So as a client, you're able to tap into that network and be a part of that mm-hmm. network. So if I'm speaking to a new client and they tell me that they need like branding and design work, I'm like, oh my God, as soon as we get off this call, I need to introduce yes. you to Katie. And like just being able to connect people because it costs me nothing to send a quick intro to Katie and somebody yeah. else. But like Katie will never forget that. They'll never forget that because you're helping people, mm-hmm. you're connecting people. It feels like family. And I'm only ever going to gain from that. Like you feel connected to me. They feel Mm -hmm. connected to me. You both feel really happy and that like you're getting loads from it. So the part that I love is the community Mm -hmm. that surrounds the accountancy services that we offer because it's so wonderful. And like to just know that you've got people surrounding you and surrounding your business that will shout about you, promote you, refer you, introduce you, send podcast guests Mm -hmm. your way. Like (laughs) it's just great to know you've got those people with your business. And like, actually, if that's something that you can get within a service that you Mm -hmm. need already, like that is amazing. Um, but yes, I would absolutely love to, to hear from you guys. If, if, 
you would like to yeah. work together um and you want to you want to join the family exactly and I mean I can't recommend Rachel and her team so much they've taken away so much stress for me and I think again that was one of the main reasons I decided to hire an accountant because I was so stressed about the financial side of things I had no idea what I was doing I was taking snippets of advice from different people and they were all telling me different things and I was like I just can't do this on my own it's taking up too much of my time I need to hire some help and if you're in a the similar position to me then I think hiring an accountant would be a great next step um if you feel comfortable with it of course um so yeah go over follow um Rachel on Instagram (laughs) and I promise you you won't be disappointed so that is everything for today's episode this has been really juicy and jam-packed full of tons of financial information that I really hope was helpful to you in some way I've really enjoyed chatting with Rachel and I've learned a few things myself as well but I really hope this has been a baseline of financial advice for any of you in your own business and make sure to go and follow us over at Off Air Pod for some extra information and some bonus content and of course go and follow Rachel as well and reach out to her if you feel like she is the right accountant for you. So we will be back next week with another juicy episode and we will see you soon. Bye!